Happy New Year, Danny. 2018, baby. It's here. Like it or we not. We made it. Yeah, like it or not, literally. Yeah. What'd you do? What'd you guys do on New Year's? Anything Honestly, special? This, so I'm glad you asked because you reminded me of the story that I clearly need to get off my chest. Uh, we, I was in bed by 10 nice. uh, with two sick kids next to me. Oh, I was sad. also suffering from kind of coldish, fluish type symptoms. But we have actually had a rough week in the in the wrench family household because a lot of people caught this kind of cold bug at the same time, which was um, just not fun. And so what well, we did, but this is a fun idea for any future parents or parents listening. What we did to emulate the situation of the countdown is, first of all, you can watch the, the real-time ball drop on YouTube or something, right? And, mm. and so you're a part of the actual East Coast time zone for Times Square. Yeah, yeah. And then Netflix has a ton of pre-recorded style stuff for little kids for New Year's Eve countdowns. Mm. So you, you, we basically had our own little private family New Year's Eve party at about 9 p.m. in the Wrench family living room. <laughs> That's awesome. Which, I mean, g- given how bad we felt and given how lame that sounds for a wife and husband of four kids, like obviously we didn't do anything spectacular. I felt pretty proud of us that we pulled that together. You know, yeah, that, it's impressive not only for that, but for all of the children that you have right. to still try to do something special. That's actually it's funny because you know we after uh, Heather and I you know uh, made it through the tundra of the Midwest and made it home. We really just got back on Friday and we only had the weekend. And it's like, oh man, already Sunday is you know New Year's Eve. It's just like back to back to back, and we had no time. And we reached out to a bunch of friends, but like everyone really was pulling in the sickness. Either someone was sick or they were just coming home from from um, the holidays and no one really wanted to do anything. So we're just like, you know, we could go out into the cold of Seattle and watch the fireworks because off of the Space Needle, it's kind of the coolest thing. They blast all these fireworks off of the Space Needle, which is bananas uh, and really cool. So last year we just went to the rooftop and kind of saw them there. It's pretty far away, but we can see it fairly well. And this year we're just like, mm, maybe just some board games and watch it on TV and go to bed at like 1230, you know, and, that, and that's literally what we did. We just kind of nice. chilled. We played some boggle, um, boggle. Oh, bringing it back. Oh yeah. You just, you've literally just hit me with some nostalgia. You might as well just like reach through the computer and slap me in the face with nostalgia. So I, I went boggle. to, I went to Target and I was trying to find some little stocking stuffers in a way. Mm-hmm. And they had all these nostalgic, like handcrafted sorry and monopoly and yeah, no, we've got the old school sorry in our house too. Yeah. Yeah. So they had this little tiny boggle and it has like a metal top and wood pieces and you shake it and you flat it out and stuff like that. So we, we got them and I hadn't played boggle in forever yeah, since 1976. Right. Since, since 1776. <laughs> um, so we sat down and two hours flew by playing Boggle. Because <laughs> every game's three minutes. But when you yeah. play, we played up to like 100 points or whatever. We Heather you know, crushed me. She's a word master. But um, yeah. yeah, that was our night. We chilled. We, we, we ball dropped and chilled. Um, I, I would lose to my wife in a similar um, grammatical fashion that, that you were outplayed via you are outplayed via words, right? Via words. And I'm not good at words to begin with. Like I am terrible right. at words. So we play words with friends and I get crushed all the time. And it's a miracle if I get any points. So when I'm, we're playing bug, I get a lot of three letter words. I'm really good at three letter words. Mm-hmm. And then Heather's really good at the words inside of words. And then the letters right. off of words, like the ER, the S at the end. So she'll just get all of these ones that I can't get. And 
she won. I think she doubled my points. Just I don't like, know how much. Then I walk. Ahead, I sorry. walk away upset. I just walk away and I'm just like, oh, I can't even. Happy New I, Year's, whatever. Yeah, no, I I feel that way. Shauna is just my wife is so much smarter than me. It's not even funny. Like I'm not even in her. I'm not in her in her universe. So we we used to do some of those games together, a little private, you know, inner marriage battle. Like we would play Spell mm-hmm. Tower or Words with Friends. I don't know if you ever played Spell Tower. Mm-mm. Spell Tower was one game where I could compete because. You like you have to find these words, but it's in the middle of this tower. And if you can anticipate the way the tower drops, you can like think ahead and guess about the next word. So I was able to use some of my chess prowess, you know. But overall, yeah. I, I get dominated in the same way. So, but that yeah, sounds awesome, by the way. Yeah, we also bought uh, blow horns. I think I don't know what those things are called, like the streamer horns where you blow oh, on yeah. and it goes right and it blows out. Like so, we I, I was proud of our get together in our family and i i do miss me a good new year's eve party um when you know when i didn't have kids or when we just had a couple kids and finding a babysitter was more reasonable like to find a babysitter now with four kids dude you basically have to trick somebody into babysitting and then handcuff them to the kitchen table they walk like, in and that's, they're like no <laughs> that's the no. process of of finding a babysitter when you have four kids on new year's eve because anybody you would trust to watch your kids on new year's eve is at a New Year's Eve party. So, yeah. so it, anyway, those days so are how, over for me. If you have to find, let's say it's not a family member that's going to babysit. Let's say you go on whatever baby babysitter website where you can you know, find a babysitter. Like, how does that work? Do you have to pay 4X or is it like a bulk rate? Like, how does it even I have work? Never, I mean, you know that I've, I've, I've survived off of taking advantage of family favors my whole life, right? I mean, yeah. so let's just be, so you know that about me, full disclosure. So, I have, but I, I pay, I, I like to think I actually pay family well when I, when I, I mean, as I've grown into having the means to do so, like I just always try to be a generous person. So I, but I, so that's, I don't think about it like that. Like if I, it's like my cousin, my younger cousin, and she's wants to babysit for me and Shauna to have a date night or, mm. you know, or you, or you find somebody else, kind of a, a friend of the family or something. So it's always kind of a casual negoche. You know what I'm saying? I don't, yeah. I've never done the higher off babysitting s- sites. I do the cash negoche. And cash so, negoche. you know, people are willing to be underpaid when it's a cash negoche. So then when you tip them an extra 20, you win that extra loyalty. That's, that's my style. That's going to be the episode title. Ta- cash. I don't know how to spell that, but we're going to figure that cash out. Cause negotiate. it's going to be cash, 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 I made that up. Um, I, actually earlier today, I, uh, was preparing for the speed chess final between Carlson and Nakamura. And I, um, I dropped a cash sitch. Like what's mm. the situation where you're playing from Magnus? Is it a cash sitch? And he looked at me <laughs> like I was crazy. I, 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 what was his response? Was it was it just the he, look, or in like I, I, a, in a shake of disgust? No, they always. He just kind of looks at, like he knows I do things like that. Like I use American humor, which sometimes like doesn't always fall over well, like on different like European levels of understanding of my sarcasm, you know. Or um, so I, I, I'm used to getting those looks where they're like, "Whatever, Danny," all the time. But I mean, I, I literally have a fat head of Hikaru and Magnus in my office. How much respect could they possibly have for me? That's true. Well, I'll tell you this. So we, my, my niece, who I think is like 11 or 12 now, she has an iPhone and she has Instagram and all that stuff. And, um, she like requested, I have a private Instagram. She like requested my friends. I'm like, all right, whatever. And my family is on there. And she, I was looking through her feed and, and on the feed is like a family photo, right? So it's, it's her two brothers and parents, you know, my, 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 my brother and my, my sister-in-law. 
And it goes, Merry Christmas, HBD, Jesus. HBD. Oh, happy birthday. I happy birthday. And oh, I was like, that is, that is the most 11, like, you know, teen thing that I, and I was like, HBD. And Heather goes, and she started giggling. She goes, happy birthday, Jesus. Like, it was so fun. I was like, I was like, of course, she's like, of course she would say that. But I wouldn't even have thought of that. I was, I was staring puzzled. I'm like, oh man, I'm so old. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so old. HBD Jesus. Well, you, you hate to be that guy who like doesn't mm-hmm. understand BRB or, you know, why Cash the face, sitch. WTF, which is what why the face WTF means, right? Why the face? That's what why I've always the, thought. Why oh, the face? Yeah, why the face? No. Okay, so that's anyway, not, that's not it. I hate to be the guy that messes up like LOL, lots of love, WTF, why the face? I hate to be that guy who doesn't know what these acronyms mean, but apparently mm-hmm. I am that guy, you know? And, yeah. So HB, but HBD seems like one of those that's unnecessary. Like, is it really hard to say happy birthday? I, yeah. And that's what Jesus I was like, wasn't born on December 25th. It's like a well-known historical documented fact that he was born in April. But when the Catholic and Christian crusades were taking over the pagan settlements, they forced the pagan holiday of December 25th, which was the original new year to be Jesus's birthday. Cause it made the transition of their dominance easier. Hashtag drop the mic on my religious <laughs> historical knowledge. I have that's no idea. A fact, not, by the way, it's, it's a, that's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. The fact, a religious fact. He was um, not born on December 25th. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. He was, he rose again. I don't even know. I mean, Let's not, I mean, okay, let's not open up that can right now, but I, I, I have no idea. Say, I have... I'm not getting into any sort of religious, like, yeah. that's not really our, our thing, but I just wanted to say, like, that's kind of, like, well-documented that he, plus that was part of what, you know, settlements would do or or during the Crusades when they were sort of spreading, I, okay, that's also a controversial issue, but during that time, that is a well-known Danny, fact be that December 25th <laughs> was originally, like, a pagan holiday New Year, and it was replaced so, with christmas as part of like the process to ease the transition for for uh christianity so so do i need to go and correct her now is that the thing i know i I know she's 11 years old right i mean you might subtly suggest (laughs) like listen um i don't mean to be that that you said hbd i'm gonna lecture you about something that if you're gonna hbd it you better get that that bd correct (laughs) silly Anyway. Did you have a good Did you have a good Christmas though? Was that good? The good oh, old I holidays. So, I did. Thank you for asking. The last time we talked, it was um, Papa Bear was was uh, coming and coming at you hot from a Disney hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I so you asked about Christmas. So here's the thing. So we got back December twenty second, twenty third. Had that kind of that weekend right before the Monday Christmas this year. Um, you know, did a very small Christmas, kind of a few gifts. We got the kids a couple of sweet little board games and some clothes. But overall, you know, their gift was was Disneyland. Excuse me, Santa. Santa did that. Um, but the one thing I forgot to do as a terrible friend, but excuse slash not excuse, is one of my besties, my, my favorite bestie who I'm talking to right now, got me a wonderful Christmas present, two of them. Uh, the board game set, which, by the way, um, if you're wondering who wins the pattern recognition and spatial battles in my family, you're you're talking to them. Okay, so my wife wins the like the grammar and words and the kind of smarter games. Like I win those chess, like space visual orientation, like really quick pattern recognition. I I dominate it set. So that's the let me tell you how. Say. Let me tell you how I lose at all of them. So Heather, she Hville, she loves set like that was her game and she introduced it to me and then she like destroyed me every okay, time yes. we play <laughs> destroyed and then so yeah. it's not only play just me visual, so i can abuse you 
It's v- <laughs> exactly. It's visual. It's grammar. Basically, any mastermind destroyed. She destroys me. She crushes me. Like it's. I get. We talked about this. How I literally. I I st- I stomped out of the room. I was so it was so frustrating. But anyways, I digress. That's my that's me and Heather playing games. It's me getting destroyed nonstop. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I don't know. So I hear you. So um, I really enjoyed Set because it was a great gift from you, and because it was a game that I could sort of redeem myself as as somebody who wins games yeah. against his wife in front of his children. Um, but the second gift you got me was even greater, and. So my excuse, not excuse, is first of all, I love you and thank you for that. My wife and I have not started watching Stranger Things, um, <laughs> even though the inside joke that everybody who listens to the podcast knows that my my baby girl looks exactly like Eleven, which I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's a compliment or a good or a bad thing, but she looks like Eleven, um, especially when she gives you the uh, I want what I want right now, Dad, look. Yep. It's, um, it's the stare. Yeah, it's good. So you got me this awesome thing that comes in like a VHS case, but it's a case for DVDs. It was so great. And here's what I did. The moment I opened it, dude, I took a picture of both my gifts and I sent it to you texting. Here's what happened. It never went through. And then I realized two days later that I didn't hear back from you. Normally, like, I thank you. Like, we send each other a couple of heart emojis. Everybody hugs it out virtually. So thank you so much. Then I remembered that, I, then I realized it didn't go through and I decided I was going to wait to thank you live on, on the podcast here. So anyway, oh. that was an awesome gift and you're amazing. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I wanted to get something for the family and something, you know, you could, I could only, I could always kind of tease you on that now you have really have no excuse because not only do you have Netflix, I assume already, but, or know someone that has Netflix, but now there's really no excuse because it's like a physical thing. Yeah. That it's a, you and it's literally watch. sitting like on our nightstand right now. So yeah. on a real quick tech thing, why is it that sometimes pictures like send really well from iOS to Android? Cause I, I have iOS, you have Android and other times like they don't go through. Is that like a Wi-Fi versus LTE issue? I swear to God, I'm not making up the story. Sometimes I send you pictures and you don't get them. Like remember when I sent my shirtless coffee picture? Mm-hmm. And you didn't get yes, it. I had to send it. I didn't to get it. So, so this I, is like, the, what this is, is interesting. It's the MMS protocol. So SMS, like just the standard text messaging is pretty standardized across everything. The right. MMS text protocol is really different per carrier, per device, even sometimes like going iOS to Android, but going like going iOS sometimes to Android on the same network is okay. But then when you're on different networks, it's not okay. And it's funny because Luke was sending me a bunch of photos and he goes, let me know if you get these photos. Cause like two years ago, it just would, it was like, no, never. And then I got his, and then I'm like, let me try to send you one. And it said it went through. So I sent him one and it. he didn't get it. And then he got right. it three hours later. It was so weird. I have no idea. I feel like it, I don't know. And then I think when you had to send the video, you had to send it via, um, iMessage or the funny time is Heather sent me a video. We were out in New Mexico. She sent me a video via text message and it compressed it down to like the absolute worst quality possible. So then I was like, Hey, can you iMessage it? it?" And it it makes those decisions for you too. With Mm -hmm. no, you have no control. Yeah. Anyway. So it is, I get a little irritated about that, especially like, um, I want, I made, so one cool thing about iOS, iOS, by the way, has been heading downhill. Don't get me started on my Apple rant right now, but regardless of my frustrations, one cool thing they have with the little built-in iMovie thing on the iPhone is you can quickly throw your photos and memories together. They, they throw you a little soundtrack, which just always happens to be like the right tone of, mm-hmm. of, you know, nostalgic versus, oh my God, this was so sweet kind of thing, you know? And so I made these movies of our Disneyland trip, but I couldn't share them with you. 
I can only share them with iOS users. It won't, it sends an iMovie form. There's like no way to export it as an MP4. Oh. It's like, this is like, huh. this is the stuff that Microsoft used to take grief for back in the day when they made like, you know, Microsoft Word unable to be read by everything else. And eventually Microsoft, I feel like has done well as they've expanded, provided better types of software that can read both ways, even if the full Word still comes with the most robust features. I feel like iOS is taking more and more advantage of their grip on society with the way they handle certain purchases and the way they compress and format, you know, their their music and their, you know, and their, and their movies. So again, I, I promise I wouldn't do an Apple rant, but apparently that's what's happening. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's frustrating. You'll have, to, you'll have to hear me rant on MergeConf like the, this week. We talked about our favorite things from 2017 and our most biggest disappointments. And my, my actual pick of the year was the iPhone X, not just because... Um, it's just something different and I'm kind of happy, not about the specific device, but kind of the direction. But then my actual disappointment was operating system, just operating systems as a whole. Not that they're all terrible, just like they've kind of hit a certain point or they're kind of going downhill that haven't advanced as I kind of wanted them to. But I agree. I think that things just need to work. And in fact, for, um, for Heather's dad, we set up a Roku with direct TV now, which is like a streaming sling TV slash thing. And I was really surprised. It's not like the most beautiful user interface in the world, but it doesn't need to be. It has a grid guide. He plugged it in. It just worked. And I was really worried because the reason most of America subscribes to cable television is because it just works, right? You turn it on and it just works. It's not beautiful. You're overpriced, all this stuff. And with the streaming stuff... Sometimes it doesn't just work, right? What if they're having bandwidth issues or you're having bandwidth issues or whatever, where literally the the tube, there's multiple tubes going on in, in unicorns and stuff prancing around those internet mm-hmm. tubes. And they're poking and holes the, in the exhaust and, you it's know. It's a bad day. <laughs> so we set it up and I was really pleased though, because I feel like I, maybe we're getting to the point where some of this stuff will open up and it'll be a little bit more open because I was I was really worried I was like I don't know and like it will be easy but like I think the Roku user interface is really simple like the the remote is very simplistic and he just was like bop 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 and he it was really I was really pleased because he we saved him $50 a month $50 a month on cable television and he this is good you're saying that that Roku interface was so simple it made you sort of frustrated with all the other operating systems that have become so much so overly complex yeah, it was so simple just to get up and set up everything. And then he was so pleased with it that the day that we set it up, he called Time Warner and canceled his his service. Dude, He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm done. If that's not a testimonial, I don't know what it, I mean. Honestly, this happens. It's part of, you know, both the, the good and bad things about our, you know, our society, our capitalist structure that we live in. But what happens is you have really, I think part of the reason that they become overly complex and the bugs are sort of numerous and, and even deep and hard to find is because the software upgrade becomes much more about monetizing the customer than it is about actually improving things. Because what they're doing is pushing a newer software to require uh, that apps and other types of hardware is more compatible with the latest OS rather than, and suddenly it's not compatible with any of the previous OSs, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the whole process of developing new operating system becomes about motivations that I think are are, are inherently wrong rather than like fixing issues and, and making things better. And this is this is a problem anyway, right? When when incrementalization gets in the way of innovation, which is what capitalism does. It makes people yeah, it- say, OK, we're at A and we have the capabilities of Z, but let's not offer Z. Let's figure out how many millions of dollars we can make at B, C, D, E, F, all the way through the alphabet. Right. And that's that's where. 
like capitalism, as long as it's about innovation and excellence is, is something I believe in. But when it becomes about this incrementalization, I feel like this is where you see just the corruption and like the way that all of these operating systems are. It's super frustrating. It's super frustrating to be basically taken advantage of because we're prisoners to this technology. Yeah, it's it's kind of your you you not and at this point you need it right. You need to have the yeah, cell you have phone. To have you it. need to, yeah. You can't. Yeah, it's so hard to go back without. I will say though, I was pretty pleased that we were able to really step away for our computers from a week. We really tried to. We didn't check any emails. Didn't do anything. I, I mean, gorgeous. We it was very glorious. It was I'm really envious. good feeling. Yeah, you went I don't know how you, It was glorious. It was glorious. It was glorious. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I've, I promise I'm done with my Apple and incrementalization is the death of capitalism talks for the day. I promise this time. So move on. What else you got for me, buddy? So well, you know, home I, safe. Yeah, we're home safe. You know, honestly, I was really, okay, here's a good story. Okay. So we, I'm waiting. you know, you know, we don't check bags. We're very anti-bag checking. Oh, no, no, you're, a, you're an anti, that's one of the things that it, I know about it, anti-bag checker. Um, I, I, if you're going to check a bag, you might as well just throw away half your day. It's, you're waiting in line. You got to get to the airport early. You got to right. wait afterwards. It's, it's, it messes up your whole life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were in Ohio, and then we decided, well, we got a bunch of gifts, so we're just going to mail them UPS, pay 40 bucks, ship them out. Because we had to go to, you know, we had to go to, you know, another stop. And the other stop, we go, okay, well, you know, I guess maybe we'll just, we have a little duffel. We'll put it in the duffel. Heather and I ha- haven't checked bags in about six years ever like six years we're just not checking bags let me guess it was it's it came with a a flood of anxiety just the process of doing it so now we're like all right we got to drive because about an hour and a half to the airport from where we were so we got to go early to the airport we got me we got to hope that there's a line open of course there's nobody in line so we got there early for no reason we go and we drop it off and we're going and we're like hmm, we're flying from minneapolis and we're like well this, this should be a pretty short flight like three hours and they're like this will be a four and a half hour flight they're like we have a 200 mile an hour wind coming at our nose oh my gosh and this is-, is in a little plane <laughs> this is in a 75 seater so not a 747 this is in a little this is how uh, lifetime movies start where the people that got on the plane have regrets you know yeah so we 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 got some turbulence when we landed into SeaTac. He, the pilot, had to slow down so much. I mean, we were teetering. Like, it was like we're going to be rubbing up against the ground. Mm-hmm. It took him less than one second from touchdown to stop the plane because we were going so slow to combat the air. Oh, my gosh. It was scary. That is amazing. We were, you know, when you see those, you see those YouTube videos of like, you can't believe that this airplane landed like that. It was that scary. It was mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> right. How did this airplane stay afloat with the, with the wind literally telling it to land? Exactly. The, the air, the, 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 wind is like, no, no, I don't think no, so. It's I, like, I'm sit doing down. So your flights so we, had some turbs. It had some turbs. Had some turbs. And <laughs> so we let, we land and the, and the guy behind us, he asked the, the stewardess, he goes, have you, have you heard about anything about the bags? Because they told us that we couldn't put, they couldn't put any bags on the plane because they needed the fuel. Okay. And we're like, like, it sounds like choose your firstborn boards the flight or the, or the plane has gas (laughs) or the plane has gas. So I'm like, um, I was like, I was like, did nobody else on the plane though? Only this one guy knew this. And the steward was like, I don't know. And he asked the stewardess, he's like, she's like, I don't know. And I was like, this is the first we're hearing of it. We all get off the plane and none of the bags are there. No bags, zero bags, not a single bag on the entire plane at all. The one time we check a bag, the line, like, so it's we, just, so we're waiting around. 
we're waiting around and like we're like all right the the minneapolis flight is on the board it's like carousel 12 and it's up there and like no bags come out and then all of a sudden it disappears from the board and we're like what the heck right we go over to the lady and like this is the rush and like there was just so many people everywhere we go to the lady and she's like oh, are you in the minneapolis flight she's like She's like, yeah, there's no bags. You can, you have to go in this other line, which is like an hour long deep to do this. She's like, or you can just call this number. And I'm like, all right, I'll just call this number. No big deal. We get all the way home. It's like one in the morning because it's a late night flight. We get, we get there. And of course they're not open. They're only open from seven to seven. So I'm like, oh, I'll call tomorrow. I call the next day. This story goes on for a while. So just hold on to your bridges. So I call the next day. And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe it'll be on a flight. And the lady goes on the phone. She's so nice. Alaska Air, so nice. She goes, well, it seems as though they put it on a Delta flight into Portland. <laughs> and, like, and you're like, how does that, how does that compute, right? Who goes, makes those decisions? And she's like, are you in Portland? I go, no, I'm in Seattle. And she goes, <laughs> exactly. and she, I'm like, the whole flight was into Seattle. There were 70 people says, with our are, are, Isn't Portland and Seattle the same city? <laughs> or aren't they a half an hour apart? And, and then you go, what? <laughs> you go, what? And, uh, um, and, and she goes, she's like, let me call Portland. She calls Portland, right? I'm on hold. And she goes, all right, I just got off the, I just got off the phone with Portland. There's no bags there. Just no, no bags in Portland. <laughs> like in the city. There's in like, the city of Portland. It's bagless. No bag. <laughs> bagless. Bagless in Portland. And she's like, let me call Minneapolis. She calls Minneapolis. And she and they, she goes back. She goes, Minneapolis told me they sent it to Portland. She's like, I'll call you back. She's like, I'll just I'll figure out what's going on. I'll call you. But the, we'll, we'll get it to you. A whole day passes. No call. Nothing. Of course not. I call them back. And they go, the bag is in Seattle. It was yeah. in Portland. Maybe it was in Portland. She's like, it may have been in Portland. Jeez, your bag, sure. fun story. Your bag spent a night in Portland. Now, you know, there's a bunch of stories coming out about a bar, right? Your bag. Anyway, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and she's like, we will put it on a taxi. We're going to put it in a taxi. That's what she said. We're going to put it in a taxi. You'll have it in the next six to eight hours. This is New Year's Eve. <laughs> six to eight hours. And I'm like, is there a window? Is this a real no story? Window. Are you making this up? Because I am enjoying this story more than any story you have ever told me, by the way. This is a 100% true story. So. Hville and I are like, well, do we just spend our entire New Year's Eve at home waiting for this bag? <laughs> you know, and like, we waited. Like, did they tell you the name of the driver and like, hey, if you're happy with your service, call this number? Like, no, no, Vicky, Vicky from Alaska Airlines. No, she's like, no. And and then she calls me back, though, and she goes, good luck. She goes, good news. Good news. It'll be there in the next two to three hours. And we're like, OK, cool. Like, that's not too bad. So two hours pass, three hours pass, six hours pass. And we're like, we got to get out of this house. So we get out of the house, go do a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, maybe it'll be there. Just, you know, we'll, we figured out how to use the front door to unlock it via the phone if they call or whatever in our apartment building. And we get home, no bag, no anything, no news. And Heather goes, well, why don't you just call them again? I'm like, all right, I'll call them again. But I look at the clock, 7.15. They're closed. Of course they are. New no Year's Eve, no bag, no bag. And your dog is missing, right? I mean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, the next day comes, and I call back up, and now I'm talking to Barbie, who's in Seattle, and she goes, is she goes "Happy New Year." That's a real name. name. Real name. Okay, not an alias. And Got it. Not an alias. And she goes, "All right, let me get Brenda on the phone." Okay, um, in Brenda. Portland. That sounds a little more legit. Barbie and Brenda. This is. I swear, these are the real real okay. names. I don't know last names. I didn't ask. I did not inquire. Barbie, I assume, is married to a Chad. 
<laughs> to a ch- definitely a Chad um, or a Lance um, or a Lance. Um, yeah, she, and, and and they goes and then she goes she goes this doesn't make any every every single time I just kept hearing this doesn't make any sense and she goes this is confusing. She goes all right they were in Portland they may have there's a note here to say that says did this get put on a taxi question mark nobody knows <laughs> and then she goes there's a note that says you said that you would pick it up and I go I didn't even talk to anybody right. And oh my um, gosh. And she goes, I'm so sorry. She's like, she's like, two options for you. She's like, I can put it on another taxi. Or, or if you want to pick it up, I'll give you a $150 Amazon gift card. Oh, now they're talking dirty to Mots. You know how like, he loves himself an Amazon gift card. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that Amazon gift card. So I take, I take the little smart car and we go driving all the way down to SeaTac and we park the car. So I know I'm on a little journey because it's a good, it's a good 25 minutes. We go down there, but definitely worth a $150 gift card. And we go down there and I go to the lady and she goes, I go, I have this bag. It was from Minneapolis. Apparently they sent it to Portland, maybe took a taxi drive to Seattle. I don't know. Right. And she goes, oh, I've heard about this bag. <laughs> like she said, <laughs> she's so like funny. She's like, oh my god. She's like, everybody knows about this bag. <laughs> she's like, the stories. The and now after this podcast, did you hear about Mott's bag? I mean, this is this is a, this is the stuff of legend. It is, this, and then we got the bag. We got the bag and one hundred and fifty dollar credit. Everything was intact, and um, New Year's was saved. That's how we started twenty eighteen. That's how oh we started today. Gosh, well, that that's is the story. Seriously, dude, that is that is maybe the best story I've heard. Sorry, I'll say this for sure. It's the best story I've heard this year. Okay, <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. In yeah. the last seventy-two hours, you have just rocked my world. But no, dude, I mean that is like one of those things where sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, "Is this like is this really happening?" Yeah, like every is time. This, no, I I don't check bags for similar. I, I can never say that I have a story similar to that. I've had bags ripped up. I've had things happen where, like, I'm the guy who stands there and they're looking right at me as they're on the intercom. They go, "We're gonna have to ask some of you to check your bags early, and we're gonna give you a little voucher and blah blah." And I'm just like, "No," and they look right at me like some of your bags may not totally fit in the overhead, and they're looking at my bag like, "Sir." Your your carry on is clearly questionable. Do you want to be a good person and step forward? I just stare right back at him and uh, nope. So I'm nope. that guy. Yeah, no, that's a, and that is a correct protocol. By the way, that is the. There was one time I was taking an international flight, and the one one person they came over and they're like, "We're gonna we're gonna be checking some bags. Is it okay if I weigh it?" And they they just even ask. They just like weighed it, and they're like, "Oh, this is a little heavy. Like we might have to check." I'm like, "Oh, I got to use the bathroom. I'll be right back." And I walked away, and then I walked back. And then like snuck it through the line. Like I was like, oh, I, I'll, I'll check it when I get back. I'll check, you know, and I was like, no, not going to happen. That's the story. That is, that's how we kicked off in the, uh, in the household 2018. Uh, it was good. Um, we chilled, we got our bag back and um, that was it. That was crazy. That's cool, man. And, and then I well, missed ser- the news today though. I'm sorry. I didn't get the thank you off sooner, but we are very excited about Stranger Things. And uh, you should anyway. be. We also went to, we got back on Friday and on Saturday, our late, you, you know about the laser dome. Oh yeah. We've talked about the laser dome. They were I know, doing I know s- about the bag. Okay. You know about the bag. You know about the laser dome. Right. Okay. Now at the laser dome, talking about Stranger Things, they did a Stranger Things laser show. Did you, did you tell me about this one too? Or is this a new thing? You told me about the laser dome. I may have mentioned dome. it. 
Okay. I told you about the laser dome. We went I to go see Laser Sea. I think you told me about Sia. like the bar or the restaurant that was about that was all about Stranger Things. Yeah, in Chicago, right? we went to the. We're yeah, really yeah, okay. about the Stranger so, yeah. Things. Yeah. Okay. So there was um, a big. They did lasers of Eleven, and it just reminded me of your child. I was like, "Well, yeah. there, it's <laughs> there, like wrench is here is. with me." There's yeah. that. There's that little wrench child with the evil stare. No, by the way, she has made some people quiver with that stare because she just, you know, when you have your fourth kid too, you. I don't want to say that I ever suppressed my kids' personalities, but one thing that happens as a young parent and as a first parent is, you know, as your kids do things and they act like themselves and they're silly or even sometimes a little, like, disrespectful or something, like, there's always that moment where, like, you want to teach them respect and boundaries, but you also don't want to, like, necessarily force them to conform to all of the BS rules we have in our society, right? Like like your job as a parent if you basically can get them to adulthood without completely crushing their their creativity their curiosity you know and their the kind of their their spirit in that way like you've done your job right and like don't make them conform to the world in every way and i so i'm very i like and i think as a younger parent we were much more like hey oh like this person's trying to give you a high five come on give that person a high five mm. and now we don't do that and and shauna just told that story to me yesterday because she went shopping, you know, did kind of our weekly family grocery shop, which costs $500, by the way, when you're feeding six people, LOL. Ooh, Let me just not Costco, shoot man. myself because of that. Yeah. No, we have Costco. Uh, anyway, no. So it, not that much, but Shauna does the big family grocery shop and, uh, and she's got Talia with her in the checkout line and it's, uh, and somebody in the checkout line is trying to give her a high five. And you know what Talia's doing? She's giving her the 11 look. She's like, like she's no. not, like, she's not giving a high five. Not right, happening. and Shauna's not gonna make her. Shauna's like kind of looking at her, like, "Hi, honey," and like, and this person's like, "Oh, like, don't make me feel bad about myself. Don't let me." It's just a weird sometimes moment when your kids won't make other people feel good or perform. And with a fourth kid, I never make my kids perform. And honestly, she gives a lot of people that dirty eleven stare. Like that just happens. What, what am I gonna do? Yeah, like, I think that's the right call. You shouldn't. It's kind of like if you have, yeah, it's it's. It's them, right? They they can be whoever they want to be. Maybe they want a high five. Maybe they don't want a high five. You know, and yeah. I think that's the right protocol. And I think to me, if I was a, I wish I was a bystander too, because I would have just loved to yeah. be like in the opposite lane, like the, the lane next to it, just watching it just unfold. Watching this other person sort of squirm, and then the baby eleven, sort of like, is she about to like melt this person with her eyes? Like exactly. What <laughs> what's going it's on like, for, here? Force force hold, just force choke. Right. So. Oh my god. Anyway, that's uh. That's another fun fact, but uh, you haven't asked me about the big match today where Carl Magnuson, our boy, your boy, Carl. And so we get on and you go, did you see Carl? And I go, did I? Because you texted me earlier and you're like, hey, I got the the SCCCC going on. And I go, I'm like, championship. And I go, uh, I'm reading the text and I wasn't fully reading the text, but right, I right. was like, oh, Danny's got some chess thing going on. Yeah, whatever. And then I missed the whole shebang. I missed the whole speech as championship, but then I did get to watch the, some excellent um, interviewing okay. afterwards that okay, just crushed on. it. <laughs> um, okay, hey, Magnus, what really how did you feel when you blundered this bishop to... <laughs> that was my favorite. That was funny, right? That was funny. He giggled. If you, I mean, if you if get you Magnus watch the giggling. end of the show, you, it was kind of an inside joke that Eric and I decided we had to troll Magnus about because he was so dominant today, absolutely destroying, honestly, the strongest, who has been considered the strongest online Blitz and Bullet player in history. I mean, Hikaru Nakamura is the stuff of legend when, when he does stuff. And he's just amazingly good so fast. But Magnus Carlsen, 
I, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. He's getting better every year, which is a scary thought. You know, this is like Alpha Zero teaching himself, and it's he's just amazing. And so he he destroyed uh, Hikaru Nakamura today in the match, won the Speed Chess Championship. It was the final, everybody. So the 2017 Chess Super Bowl, if you will. Am I allowed to say that word, or is that copywritten? Super Bowl. Anyway, eh, we're not big um, enough. So the Chess <laughs> Super Bowl came to a close. It was great. We we peaked at just under 36,000 live concurrent viewers. We were number oh, three awesome. on Twitch. We were number three on Twitch TV, which we've been number three before. Guess when it was before? Last year's final, which was Carlson Nakamura. Uh, so people loved themselves this matchup. Um, but we, we, we got more viewers than we did last year. We also had more average concurrent viewers. We averaged right around 29,000 viewers throughout the entire four-hour show. Oh, wow. That's so, crazy. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, honestly, super successful. And especially when you consider that this year's match was more lopsided than the first year because Carl just took it to him. I mean, Carl dominated the match from start to finish. So, so give me your full critique about my interviewing style. I, I Just for the, for the v- listeners here of the podcast, full disclosure, I don't consider myself the best interviewer. Like, I'm not a trained journalist in that way. I'm a... I'm a chess commentator and sometimes I do an okay job, right? But I don't I don't have a lot of ego like I'm like some really good hard-hitting questions post-game interviewer. And I don't feel like I did a good job today, but what were your what were your unbiased thoughts after you watched the whole thing? Well, you know, I always think that post I think there's two different inter- interview styles because you can just be interviewing somebody not a podcast or on a show, but you kind of are prepped ahead of time. When you do an interview after a live whatever, whether that's a football game, whether it's a chess match, whatever, it's it's different because that person is not really a prepared to immediately give an interview, but they're also right. like they're str- they're they're not stressed out, but they are exhausted, right? They yeah. they just exerted mental or physical strength to go do the thing that you're about to interview them for. So to me, it's actually really hard because I don't even know how you craft questions. Like, are they supposed to be stock questions? Is it what, like, do you ask him, do you think you played a great game? Nakamura, why did you lose? Right. You know, it's like, um, or do you try to, um, preface outside of the match, like in a bigger world of chess, right? How do you X, Y, Z, like what, and it's hard because what do you think Magnus will even be interested in talking about? Because Magnus, you can you can ask him all sorts of things, and you guys have a good rapport at least um, already. But still, you want to not upset him. I mean, he just won, or Nakamura just right. lost. You don't want to upset him either. You don't want to like, oh, Nakamura, why did you play this instead of this? Right. He's like, well, now I mean, he's got. And when someone wins you know. a game, a match like that by ten games, like kind of the question is like, hey, like. Like, how did you lose badly? And hey, Magnus, like, how can you play better given that you just won this match by a lot? Yeah. Like, no, anyway, I'm I'm not even, but what did you think? I mean, it's hard, right? Because you come up with those questions on the spot too as the interviewer. So they're they're not prepared for the interview in that way. But also, I mean, I I, I don't really, I need to get more help. And I am going to consult the journalists on our team at chess.com. We have, in my opinion, the two best chess journalists on the planet and Mike Klein and Peter Dockers, and it's not even close. I mean, they cover everything and they're great. They, they're, they're just really good at covering and writing news. I mean, they're trained, they're trained journalists. So I'm not, and I'm going to ask them how they think I can get better. Like I'm going to ask them for their criticism, but I thought what would have been cool to ask him is I know that um, Magnus had like headphones on and apparently he was listening to music or something. Maybe you could like, you know, oh, a lot right. of people oh. wanted to know that. Like, hey, Everybody what, what wants is your to know that? Yeah. Did you you know this is a little bit different, Magnus? Like, you know, you guys are playing at home in this tournament. Like, how did you prepare your space to actually like do this? Like, was it you know, how did you feel about the setup? Like, you know, because I think it's 
it's, you know, when you're at a, a big bowl or like it's an experience that you're there. So this is kind of a really cool experience. So maybe not all the questions about the matches, but the stuff around the match, right? What did you do to get ready today, this morning, right? Or like, did you have like, you know, are you, are you magical, whatever? Like, what is your, you know, setup? Sometimes that's pre, but it seems like maybe you, if you kind of were watching them and like, what is he doing or what's going on, you know? Um, no, you're totally right. And you know what? Yeah. Like, you're a thousand percent. First of all, on the music one, I was actually immediately criticized by my team afterwards for saying, why didn't you ask what music Magnus was listening to? Because he always bobs his head. And by the way, I have asked them that question before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're totally right on that one. But I love everything you're saying right now. I love talking about the environment, like how they feel differently about being on webcam versus at a tournament, live spectators versus thousands of spectators that are up close and personal with their face. I love, I'm making notes of this. You literally yeah, like, are they getting... made me a better chess commentator, James Montemagno. Yeah, like I'm wondering, like, are they getting bombarded by tweets and like social stuff or like, are they completely isolated? Like, are they in a isolated chamber at home? You know, because you actually don't get to see very much of their webcam. It's like in in Nakamura was like in his in the camera. They both were very in the camera. You know, it's not like you had the most pro setup, right? You you looked so cocky, like, so look at me, big fancy Twitch streamer. I got my noise cancellation in the background. I got my chess.com polo shirt on. Uh, I don't even have earphones in. That was Danny. I don't even have, I don't even know how you were listening to them. I do have, I have one of those $200 professional news earpieces that wraps around your ear and tucks in so nobody can see it. So you're right. I am totally just like pompous about my setup. So pompous. That's a good word. (laughs) So pompous. Do I really look Um, like that? No, I, no, I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to be a professional, confident guy. All right. I'm not, uh, you're you're kidding. You're teasing me. No, no, you're good. And in fact, I did, it's so good that I didn't even know that you had that earpiece in. That's why I thought you were. Yeah, I think it looked really good. I thought you, I mean, you look great. I mean, to be honest, that's the type of production that I would expect from, from it, right? When you look at the Twitch streamers, like there's definitely, difference of me going on and streaming out of my little crappy webcam and then the people have the green screen and they're blending in and they have a whole bunch of whiz bang stuff right because it's what they do for a living so um i thought it was good you know i'm excited to go back and watch the match i think that the amount of time probably was good you know it's hard also because you're interviewing kind of both of them so you want to bop back and forth because right, and you both also there. don't want to like i think as the former chess player in me like i don't like keeping the guy that lost there yeah. Too long. And I know, and by the way, like some of my team disagree with this. We have, I love how many members we have on our team from different backgrounds, which creates a lot of good disagreements and I think makes us better. But we have, we have our senior editor who's like not very good at chess, but like always has the type of like challenging feedback for how we cover chess and the journalistic approach. And, and he's always like, look, like everybody has to face the media in other sports. The losers have to face the media, even if they get swept in the finals, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, but in a lot of chess, there's been like this unspoken rule. You don't interview the loser, right? Uh, and and yeah. most tournaments, by the way, they honor this. They don't interview the loser, but we don't. We interview the loser together alongside the winner, like at the end of every speed chess championship match. And so I think I had this chess player bias in me where I kind of don't, I kind of like the interviews to go quickly because I'm always feeling this awkward moment. I'm basically making this guy sit through five minutes of me asking him why he got his butt kicked when he just wants to go and kind of lick his wounds, which I understand. So it's it's a weird, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to be the greatest interviewer, but I loved all your feedback. And what do you think? You agree with Pete, our senior editor, that the loser should be interviewed? Yeah, I think why not? Yeah. I think so. I think it's an interesting take. I think that, you know, um, 
everybody's a winner, right? I mean, it's amazing that it's a congratulations to both of them because just because they lost, someone lost the championship, it's a huge accomplishment to get to where they were at. And still at the same time, Nakamura, he won some games, correct? Or at least drew some games. No, he he definitely, he won some games and drew some games. He, um, yeah. And that's the thing with chess, right? It's not just a basketball game where you've won a game. There's all these games that got played. So he legitimately beat Magnus in a few matches, in a few games. That's a good point. So I think that's why you could go in and say, I think what was interesting there is uh, the question I liked the most was you asked Nakamura, like, hey, you had these great openings where you actually go ahead. Did you think about going back or what was going through your mind when you were playing the different openings or something like that? I thought that was really good because that – is a great question. Like, Hey, you know, you had these strong openings and you know, right. well, and it was also, if, when you watch the match, it'll be interesting. Cause you kind of Tarantino this whole thing. You watched the I ending. Did. I did. So when you watch the match, you'll see kind of how we came to the certain questions we did in the interview. Um, yeah. it was something we were sort of saying like, Hey, he established a be- a better sort of pace to the game and advantage here, but he didn't go back to that approach. And we got to ask him about that. And, and, and you saw Hikaru kind of admitted, like during the match, it's hard to think like that. I think that's a lot of time their way of saying, like, maybe you're right. Maybe I should have gone back to that, you know? Yeah, I would also maybe ask, there was like different, there was what, 1, 1, 5, 2, 3, 2? Yeah, 1, 1, 3, 2, and 5, 2. I, I would have maybe asked about those, like, hey, you know, did you... Did you, which one, which one do you guys like the best? You know, I don't know, just kind of insight into it. And I think, um, one thing that is different about something like a twitch.tv or a chess.com slash TV live stream is that you have this huge audience that you can, in fact, pull people like while they're playing, you'd be like, Hey, what questions do you, what, what are your questions to them? Right. And you could kind of feed off of, you know, even asking like our audience really wants to know you Magnus, what are you, is it Taylor Swift? Well, it's, you know, it, what is it? So, right. Uh, by the um, way, yeah. last year it was Taylor Swift. We did ask him last year and it was Taylor Swift. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's hilarious funny. that you just said that. Cause you didn't know that. No, little T Swift. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. I think you did well, great. Honestly, you crushed you were, it as always. This was really great feedback. I really appreciate that. I think we, I'm glad to hear that people do like those questions. I think sometimes I take heat from the traditional chess community for being a little bit too much of like the big over the top personality kind of guy. I mean, if you go browse Reddit or some of the YouTube comments, people are like, Danny, like you're a good teacher, but you need to be serious. You're an idiot every time you make jokes. <laughs> Danny, you suck every time you do this. And you know, there's nothing like people you give free content to spending hours and hours of their life ridiculing you. You know, that's, it's <laughs> one of my favorite things about the planet. But anyway. Well, also, um, you, you have your own brand. You have your own personality. And even though you're interviewing someone, you should still be that personality, right? I right. think. And you're around two people that know. And that was a nice thing with you're in a position where you know both of them extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, besties, basically. Um, uh, and, I don't know. That's a little too far, but. <laughs> But you know I what mean, I'm saying? It's not like you're just some random interviewer to, right. to them, right? I think that's the difference is you can take a little bit of um, leeway, right, of, of joking around and, and taking the serious thing, even though Nakamura, you know, lost or whatever, like turning it around and like, you know, boosting them up a little bit, right? And I think sometimes even though you lose, there's a, still a big boost because he still won a little bit of whatever, right? I yeah, still no, think there was honestly, this helps money. a lot. You're giving, you're making me feel better because I feel like I need to be more confident and need to kind of use my relationship with them and kind of joke around with them a little bit more. Honestly, because that's the kind of thing that we always wish other interviewers did in chess. Like it's not so just kind of lame and about the X's and O's, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, the X's and O's, let's be honest, you two play the X's and O's better than any of us understand. 
right? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. so let's let's talk about the music you were listening to. <laughs> yeah, right? because it's like we just <clears throat> watched all this chess, and people will have breakdowns and they'll do all this stuff. And then, yeah, let's just break out the mold a little bit and see what's going I, on. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So yeah. All right, man. I gotta go. I gotta go catch a bus. I gotta get out of here. Hey, you know um, what? You got business to do. Uh, not all of us just get to play chess and and commentate for a living. You you work for a real company known as a Microsoft. All right. I mean, so that's true. I gotta go do stuff. Well, all right, buddy. Well, happy New Year. I'm glad that we were able to same to you. Um, sync up and thanks I want for you all to have our a listeners. Delicioso 2018. Yes. Uh, same for all of our listeners. Thanks for um, taking the week off with us. We appreciate that, and uh, it's good to be back. 